Welcome to CII Podcasts. Are we here on a fireside chat with Dr. Devi Prasad Shetty, the chairman and founder of uh, Narayan Health, uh, as a person, a Padma Bhushan, someone who needs no introduction. Uh, here is a person we have who really represents healthcare for the masses, represents what healthcare in a Bharat context for us today and for the world in the future as well. And uh, we're here on this fireside chat, uh, which is entitled, I Have a Dream. So, uh, you know, very warm welcome uh, to you, uh, Devi, to be with us here on this uh, conversation. And, you know, it's really about us capturing your dream for India uh, as we move forward. I mean, you have anyway set the bar to where we are today, but really, if you were able to see India as we move from India at 75, the India of 2022 to India at 100, you know, the India of 2047. How would you visualize healthcare in this country? Where would you see, you know, the participation of multi-stakeholders, whether it's government, private sector, civil society, academia, or we can provide affordable healthcare to, to all citizens as well as, you know, ensure that India as a country is at the forefront on the world stage, you know, when it comes to healthcare. So, with those few opening comments, uh, you know, uh, let me let me start, uh, you know, by uh, asking you, like, you know, we are sitting here today, uh, you know, in, in March 2022, we are in our 75th year of uh, Indian independence. Uh, we have achieved a lot, you know, as a country, uh, ever since we became independent, a lot has happened since 2014 when the current central administration has come in you know a lot has changed in the world of healthcare as well uh, but if you were to look at you know where we are today on a board foot what would be those two or three issues that you know we must address uh, as where we are today uh, before we really even think of you know really moving forward so what are those issues that are on top of your mind uh, if i would if i may ask uh, to kickstart this conversation. Yeah, uh, Rajan, I strongly believe that uh, India will become the first country in the world to dissociate healthcare from affluence. India will prove to the world that the wealth of the nation has nothing to do with the quality of healthcare its citizens can enjoy. It's exactly like how India managed to dissociate mobile communication from affluence. Uh, India will do the same thing in healthcare. Why I am so optimistic that India can do it? Mainly because healthcare is predominantly driven by people. People with the passion and empathy. And I strongly believe that Indians are a group of people who are born with the passion, empathy and the skill and the magic in their fingers. Most of the Indians, it comes natural to us. So we are actually uh, genetically designed to be healers. So with a little bit of education and a right environment, we can create a wonderful healthcare system as we have shown. So that is, I wouldn't say it's my wish list. I know it is going to happen and it will happen very soon. 
now for this to happen there is a very important missing link uh, earlier all of us talked about affordable healthcare healthcare cost should go down it should become affordable to the common man the most of the indian hospitals have successfully driven down the cost of healthcare to such a level that further reduction may not be possible in that context i'll give you a reason why i'm convinced that pushing the price down further is not the option uh i left england in 1989 and the first patient i operated in calcutta that's about i think more than 32 years ago uh paid 1 and 1/2 lakh rupees for a heart operation 32 years ago today we are doing the same operation with perhaps better outcome for 90000 rupees 1 lakh rupees that's all what the, most of the government schemes pay us yeah, and we are able to do it tell me what was costing 1 and 1/2 lakh 32 years ago today is done uh, at half the price there is nothing anywhere in the world this phenomena has happened now can you push it further no you can't push it further if you try to push it further you can only compromise on the quality if you want to maintain good quality healthcare we have reached the rock bottom price but even when i say 80000 90000 rupees or how many people in the country can afford to pay paying for the healthcare from the pocket is not the best option available to any part of the world there has to be a financial intermediary to pay for the healthcare and this financial intermediary is essentially collecting money from large number of people millions and millions of people and paying for a small percentage of the people who need healthcare that is a way healthcare is designed across the world in uh, european countries most of the european countries government is a financial intermediary they have a fantastic tax collection mechanism and the population is small and they are able to pay for it in us on the other side is mainly dependent on the private insurance programs because country is a wealthy country there are enough people who are earning huge money so they can pay for it and somehow the system goes on in india the only option we have which our government should dramatically embrace is creating large number of financial intermediaries working like uh, health insurance companies may not be exactly like financial in, uh, the the insurance companies this is exactly like we have a very robust banking system but the tiny tiny nbfcs and all of them uh, self help groups came forward collected money in small numbers and try to look out to the community the same thing should happen there should be a fintech revolution in uh health insurance or a health financial intermediary uh role and what is the shape of it nobody knows it will only happen if there is a free market forces playing and large number of players are allowed to 
take part in this some will survive some will die like the uh, there is there are few app based health insurance programs which are coming up and uh, they are promising to cover up to 1 lakh rupees of healthcare expenses by a premium of 999 rupees now we may think that it is absurd but no one knows there is a possibility that if they live to see the fifth year of operation i'm sure they would have figured out what works what doesn't work it will work mainly because it is not that if 100 people are covered by health insurance program all of them fall sick at the same time so essentially government has to look at creating the financial intermediaries of all sizes and shapes knowing fully well that there will be a lot of problems in the process but in the end a successful model will emerge that is the second thing the third thing what will happen why i am bullish on the healthcare uh, being getting dissociated with affluence is the digital platform on which healthcare will be delivered the uh, i have no doubt that within the next few years maybe in the next the the four five years uh smart software will make smarter diagnosis than the doctors and in the near future it will become legally mandatory for the doctors to get the second opinion from the software before starting the treatment now does it mean doctors are not required certainly not the all these tools will make doctors safer for the patients all these tools will make doctors more productive for the patients the it's a matter of time before uh, most of the patients will have the first time consultation for headache or a heart attack or a cancer online online healthcare will become the norm which has already become the norm when that happens physical distance is immaterial time is immaterial location is immaterial everything will change now when i am talking about legally mandatory for the doctors to prescribe medicine uh, the, uh, doctors to get the second opinion uh 5 years ago the chief justice one of i think chief justice of uttarakhand uh, state passed a uh, judgment that in the state of uttarakhand no doctor can prescribe medicine on a paper it has to be on a digital platform unfortunately they couldn't implement it because the infrastructure wasn't there but it is a matter of time before infrastructure becomes available now once all the paper and whatever we do on a paper gets moved move to the digital platform the healthcare will become much much safer for the patient because lot of the time patients land in trouble in the hospital not because doctors didn't do their job for the doctors to do the job they need the data and the data comes from various machines and there is a huge time lag between the machine spitting out the results and doctors seeing the reports now that will be bridged by all the electronic medical records 
getting shifted from the desktop to the mobile phone. Now, why it is important for the shifting? It is important because doctors look at the desktop five to six times in a day, but they look at their mobile phone 200 times in a day. So if you really want doctor's attention, the best way is entire electronic medical records getting shifted to the mobile phone. Like today, uh, our uh, software team, five years ago, they developed a electronic medical records for us, which is so advanced. I go to bed around 11 o'clock at night. Before I go to sleep, I do the ICU rounds. I know exactly what is the state of the, of the patient. I can see the patient. I can talk to the patient. I can uh, uh, talk to the nurses, doctors. I can even spot the color of urine sitting in my bedroom. That is a degree of data uh, visualization in the mobile phone. And I get up at uh, half past four in the morning. First thing I do is to do the ICU rounds. Before I enter the building early morning, I would have finished my rounds. I have seen all my patients. I know exactly what is happening. So it doesn't matter whether I am in Bangalore or Delhi or wherever I am. It doesn't matter. So not only me, 20 of my team members are constantly interacting with each other around the clock virtually about our patients. That's amazing uh, uh, tools we have. All these tools will add significantly to the outcome. And all these digital technologies, what we have developed in the country by various hospitals, will make healthcare accessible to every patient. So when the concept of technology, skilled people, passion, empathy, financial intermediary, when all these things come together, it's a different world altogether, Raja. Oh, I think you have so beautifully captured the dream of not only one person like yourself, but of what would be of so many different people who wish the same for India. So I must uh, firstly thank you for really putting this in such a, a simple language, but you know, in complete perspective. And you know, what you talk particularly about the mobile phone and the financial systems, you know, which have proliferated across India. It's only a matter of time that that same level of proliferation, when it comes to the word healthcare, you know, will, it will happen. And the tools that you described so beautifully talk about it. And you know, the whole journey of transformation of India, when we looked at this from a India at 75 vision, now moving to India at 100, is exactly on the lines of the innovation happening with non-negotiables for a country like India. Right. So I know in the earlier journey, we used to talk of price performance would only move in one direction, right? And that is affordability. And you've seen that, you rightly said in 30 years, we've seen that move, we've reached a point where that cannot probably be the way forward. And that's the beauty of where this journey from 75 to 100 will happen, where the ways that have helped us get here will not take us there. And therefore this disruptive year for us to think together as to how can we change the path you know, for our country and I think so beautifully captured what needs to happen with policy, with industry and all the trends that are already natural in India. Maybe one you know, point that would be good for us to also discuss a little more is you know, you've just walked out of a surgery like you rightly, uh, you know, it's very visible 
you know when it comes to best practices as healthcare organizations right in india uh, i mean you are an exemplar in that direction as far as you know your institution is concerned what what have been the key learnings what do you feel healthcare organizations should really be doing a lot more of if we are to realize all of these aspects that we have talked of you know as we move forward rajin the most important uh, issue which every healthcare organization should look at is training the future healthcare workforce because we are not really uh, understanding the gravity of situation uh, which is happening now which will unfold in the near future that is acute shortage of doctors nurses and medical technicians this will have a massive impact on our own, our healthcare of course the global healthcare now covid 19 has totally turned our world upside down uh the historians 100 years from now if they are ever going to write the history of the world there will be two periods one is uh, bc that is before covid other one is ac after covid now every country has realized the importance of a robust healthcare system and the need of technically skilled passionate people unfortunately in the developed countries healthcare profession is not very attractive for bright young people nobody wants to be stuck up in a hospital constantly listening to somebody in pain you need to be made up of a different material but we are an exceptional group of people now all those countries in the past they raised so much of embargo on foreign doctors especially indian doctors entering those countries i have seen all those gates falling very very quickly when i was uh, a young doctor trying to go to england i had to go to england in advance go to the training program i had to appear for the exam and a very small percentage of the people who appeared for the exam passed the exam and they managed to get in today you have a postgraduate degree from any indian university you can virtually walk into any of the british uh, national health service hospitals and straight away get a very very well paying job which will give you whatever training you want in good old days nurses from india had so much of difficulty in getting a job in england or other countries today every country uh, is embracing these doctors and nurses just yesterday i was speaking to one of the administrators of one of the uh, trust hospitals in england nhs hospital he was asking me that look you have a heart hospital you got so many trained uh x-ray technicians radiology radiographer ct scan technicians can you send them to my uh, hospital we are willing to pay them huge salary i mean their salary structure is obviously much then i asked them do you you know if you ask them to appear for the exam our kids will find it difficult to because they have to pass those english language test this test 100 different tests they said no 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 if you certify them that they are competent we'll take them so this is the situation now these things are going to have a massive impact on india because we'll be training large number of people they will there is 80 million healthcare workforce shortage across the world 
and the prime target is going to be our country and there is nothing you can do to prevent that exodus and you know to train a hand surgeon it takes about 14 years forget about any other surgeon so essentially it's not easy for us to reproduce the skilled manpower manpower very fast so it is very very important that every hospital takes up training as the uh, a priority and the government policies help in creating and producing more and more number of doctors nurses and technicians time has gone as indian policy makers thinking about what is the need of the number of doctors for india we should ask ourselves what is the need for doctors across the world because we are going to be the prime supplier of medical manpower to the world a few years ago harvard business school conducted a survey a study and they published the results and the results showed that the americans who were treated by expert doctors mainly indians lived longer than the american doctors who are treated by american doctors so there is no doubt about how competent how skilled and how empathetic our doctors are so it is a great opportunity we can look at it both ways we can say that okay it's going to be a brain drain but at the same time we can look at if we train just 5 million doctors nurses and technicians we can easily earn 100 billion dollars of foreign currency every year 100 billion dollars i'll give you the data cuba earns about 9 or 10 billion dollars of foreign currency just it's a small country it's about nearly uh, nearly 35 37% of their uh, uh, foreign currency earning just by sell- sending few thousand doctors and nurses to uh, developing countries and uh, philippines earns huge i think about 39 billion dollars it's a huge amount of money uh by sending their nurses and doctors to other countries so we have a phenomenal opportunity we have a hospital in cayman island where about 100 nurses who are trained by us individually they are sending home every month 1 lakh rupees to every household they come from and these girls are hardly 23 24 years old all they did was four year of bsc nursing in india in a hospital like ours and good number of them after 2 years less than 2 years earlier it was 5 6 years after 2 years they migrate to england and they earn 10 times more so this is the opportunity we have we can look at it as a liability but if our policy makers look at it as an opportunity and create the right environment for large number of nursing colleges medical colleges all the other technical uh, med- paramedical education to come up it is going to be a game changer because when these indian doctors nurses go to the western countries earn huge amount of money a part of the money goes back to the small households from rural india because most of the nurses come from that part of the world it will have a massive impact on the upliftment of the real you know work the 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 so lower socio economic strata so we are actually staring at a great opportunity which i feel we should encourage 
I think you know your your observation is so bang on, and I think it needs to get further strengthened over the next twenty five years because you know it comes once in the lifetime of a nation, Devi, that you know one in ten people in the world is an Indian under the age of twenty five. Right? It it doesn't happen very often in the life of any country, and one of the things we always said, you know, with India at seventy five is that the capacity or the ability for us to build human capacity through skills. you know in large numbers of indians uh, at a time when the world is facing a crisis when it comes to aging populations is probably the best way for india to achieve a position of global leadership and given the values that indians have you talk about empathy and the way we have an upbringing here you know the difference that we can make in the lives of people around the world is you forget the the you know the the money that comes back or you know that the, the the way the economic progress will happen but the good the true good that we can provide to the world is 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 just you know waiting for us to tap in so very beautifully captured and completely you know take that part and to your other point that you mentioned you know my father in law just two weeks ago had a surgery in the us at one of the leading uh, you know again cardiac institutes there the second time and i can tell you it was the bc and ac effect you know when we went before covid what what was the experience there you know with both with nursing with the, the staff and everyone or an exact 180 degree opposite thing you know uh, post covid i mean it's 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 that drastic right whether it is the availability of people one person attending too many patients and this is in some of the world's leading institutes so i fully get what you're saying covid has also played a big role probably in and you know seeing how indians and people from india can really rise to the occasion as long as the world is accepting of of such things and i'm going to and i agree with you that you know that's going to happen but you know alongside this and you very rightly already mentioned this in your opening comments you know technology is also moving very rapidly right so you know things like telehealth you know ai in in healthcare you know like you rightly said there's a lot of second opinion coming from software right and 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 these emerging technologies that are also moving the scale you know very rapidly so if you were to really go a little step deeper you know what would be the impact of these technologies uh, and really the gaps in the healthcare system where a large part of these skills can you know get filled you know if you were to really map the world maybe 25 years from today what kind of capabilities in healthcare would you see that we should be as a country focusing see the it's very interesting uh we have a kind of a complex in terms of our ability to do things i'll i'll give you an example like uh i was observing uh iit kanpur you know iit kanpur one of the most innovative iits they are the ones who developed one of the ventilators in a record period of time during the covid crisis and uh they were looking at the next equipment healthcare equipment to manufacture and i was closely following their uh, discussion a lot of suggestions came about cardiac monitors and this machine that machine in the end all of them uniformly decided that we should develop the most advanced most complex machine for the healthcare and they zero down on the artificial heart now artificial hearts are made by only one or two companies in the world and 
In India today, it costs, it's called LVAD, left ventricle assist device. It costs uh, about 70 to 80 lakh rupees for this procedure to be done, mainly because of the uh, huge cost of the equipment called left ventricle. See, it's a pump which is implanted on patients in terminal heart failure instead of the heart transplant. Now, I was, I realized why they chose LVAD as the product they have to make. It is exactly for me, it is exactly like President Kennedy announcing that we want to put man on the moon and everything else is a minor detail. Like he had the audacity to visualize that in 10 years we should put the man on the moon and how the entire country's uh, approach towards uh, uh, the, 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 the spaceship and the way the, the moon uh, thing was planned. It was exactly like for me, even though I read about those things as a kid about the moon mission, reliving the whole thing with their mission. And the way they have gone about, it is amazing. It is, a, it is a, one of the best stories for anyone who wants to transform the entire idea of what a nation is, what they want to do. First thing they said, okay, we are going to do it. But they, they know they have a lot of expertise, but in, this is a, something foreign to them. So they have a huge network of all their alumni and their contacts. In no time, they identified some of the best minds in artificial hearts from US, Europe, all over the world. And I could see doctors who are working in real, real prestigious American universities, spending their whole professional life in managing these patients on artificial heart, offering their services, virtually willing to leave their job and stay in IIT comfort for two years to help them to build it. And they have identified that some of the brightest minds and they are financing it. In the end, when the product comes out, the IP right is for these young people, I think seven or eight people in that company they are creating. It is theirs. And they are the first right of refusal to build it. So the essentially, they have addressed all the problems of a startup. You have no capital risk. You have the brightest minds advising. They even tied up with all the top hot hospitals of the country as advisors who are eventually going to be the buyers. So they tied up the market as well. So this is an example of what India can do. Like this, tomorrow, if one of the IITs decides that they want to build the most advanced drone, military drone, in no time, they will be able to get the most talented people in that area, bring them together, and in one or two years time, come up with the product. Then one of the most successful, you know, the, the drone company can be built. So I was truly amazed. And I can tell you that in the next, uh, within the next two years, I have no doubt that this group of people will come up with the most advanced artificial heart. Anyone can create because these all the advisors and people are involved, they know the shortcomings of each and every artificial heart. And they know how to overcome this. And since it is IIT Kanpur is obviously part of the Indian government's infrastructure. So obviously it has the blessings of the government. 
and that is a phenomenal combination and they can truly conquer the world i am so excited when i was watching these changes happening in the way these institutions so called you know the the traditional education institutions coming up and changing the way they run is truly remarkable your anecdote is is so again pointed because it brings all the multi stakeholders right we talked of academicians the experts in the world government alignment private sector because i'm sure once we crack that technology all the hospitals in in india will be big beneficiaries of you know uh, being able to perform you know these surgeries and and in india and in a way you know there is because there is a huge discussion always on you know medical tourism and wellness tourism to india you know india is home to ayurveda alternative medicine so much of richness in the history of what we have done and you know you talked of countries like philippines and others really being exports to the world for skill manpower right do you ever see wellness and medical tourism you know also accelerating in a in a country like india given what you just mentioned in terms of the uh, technologies and so many other things that are that happening also the affordability see the 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 geopolitical situation and the uh, way the most of the developing countries are stuck in some places uh the one of the best places for them to have, uh, access tertiary healthcare is going to be india and in india the entire cost structure is dramatically different compared to other countries i'll give you an example the uh, the uh, car t cell therapy for uh, advanced malignancy like blood cancer in us costs about a million dollar it's like a cell therapy like a cancer treatment from surgery to red uh, for you know all these chemical drugs which are potentially toxic to the body now it is going to cell therapy which has relatively less uh, side effects it's called car t cell therapy and it's very very expensive may not many americans can also afford it now in india the like we have just started car t cell therapy uh, uh, here and that is still on the trial and we believe that it will be a fraction of what is going to cost in us when that happens even americans who cannot afford the car t cell therapy have no choice they have to come to india so the essentially it is not about low cost healthcare it is about high tech affordable care which not many countries have the expertise or the infrastructure or the you know the capability to uh, manage and we are a very very unique country in uh, developing those technologies in house and then reducing the cost and making it affordable and making it scalable Here we've talked about so many different aspects about healthcare, about affordability. You know the way the IT sector, you know, put India on the global map. You know, today so many of Indians are leading IT companies around the world. You know, engineers are wanted everywhere in the world. You know, as Indians, and I, from my conversation, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm sensing that whether it's the top of the pyramid, the best doctors in the world. 
you know, whether it is the the nursing affordability, the technology in healthcare that will drive this is very much similar, you know, in terms of a transformation as we move, you know, to, to 2047. So if you were to look at the Indian uh, in 2047, you know, as the center right, and, and help around that person as one of the primary needs or what we would say social infrastructure that we as a country have to provide, you know, to, to every citizen. Right? What would be the key components right, that, that we cannot do without? So one was, of course, you talked of the financial piece around it and how we would need intermediaries and others, technology. But if we were to put you know, the citizen at the center and really look and map the health around that citizen, you know, what would that journey or what would that experience really be for the citizen, whether it is in in monitoring, whether it is in diagnosis, whether it is in capturing. I mean, give us a vision on, on, on how that would look. Rajan, the, uh, I have only two priorities today, uh, what I expect my country to be. One is invest on healthcare education. And the most important thing, which is added to my list right on top, only recently, after the development of whatever is happening in the Ukraine and Russia, and we have to look at in investing on defense technology so that we become a country with the most advanced tools to protect ourselves. For two reasons I want it to happen. One is for the security of the nation. And the second reason is that Every product which is saving millions of lives today, starting from CT scan, MRI, ultrasound, lasers, all of them are products from defense. They are not developed for the healthcare. Anything what you develop for the defense, eventually it will come to healthcare. So if our policies of the government is to really go out of the way to support all the innovative tools for uh, military purposes, it will have far-reaching impact on healthcare and more than anything else, it will make us a self-reliant nation. Today, if a country is not reliant, a large country like ours uh, is not reliant on uh, our own production of the defense equipment, we are very, very vulnerable. Everything else what you have, no meaning. If we do not, uh, if we are not technologically far, far superior than the rest, and we can do it because these are the tools which can be developed by our brilliant minds. It's just that we have to look at it as a national priority. No, I think, you know, this interdisciplinary objective of looking at defense, technology, applying it to healthcare is really the way for us to also envision this. Uh, you know, it's been such a joy to be chatting with you and I know we can continue to go on and on. I share the 4.30 wake up uh, experience with you as well, and, and and I and I can and I can you know really uh, endorse the energy that comes when you wake up at that hour to be able to go through the day. And all I can say is that, that your dream is truly ambitious uh, for us as a country. And I think if we all work together, uh, it will definitely become a reality. So thank you uh, for joining us for this lovely conversation, and look forward you know to your continued engagement as we move. Uh, as a country from India at 75 to India at 100 and keep measuring ourselves, you know, in the light of changes that are happening 
and course correct and really live the dream of of that of the great healthcare experience for all of us so thank you thank you once again thank you thank you rajiv thank you for listening to cii podcasts